low readiness, high tasks, um, low relationship. So that's your new person. That's your new real estate agent. That's your new admin. That's your new whomever. Nothing against them, but they're new to whatever. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. All right, so I'm cognizant about who I have in the room, so I know a lot of you all, and I've seen your work, so I know I got a lot of leaders in the room, so um, what? So my disclaimer then is take the meat from this, this drumstick and leave the bone. So what you take from it makes you take for it and you apply it, and what you can't take from it because it may be repetitive, potentially, um, makes you leave that here with me. Um, but I, I, I did a good job, in my humble opinion, of hitting some high-tech stuff, hitting some practical stuff, I think y'all will get something out of it. All right, so um, this is my, this is kind of my, uh, my proof of leadership. So I just listed a couple of things of where I've dabbled in the leadership arena. So you have everything from corporate, nonprofit, um, some network marketing, some consulting, some leadership stuff in athletic ground. And then I want to go ahead and showcase some of the places I work for in terms of either did consulting for them, worked in a leadership role, um, or came in and did some type of training for them. All right, so today we're gonna to talk about management versus leadership. We're gonna talk about, we're gonna do a work preference inventory and uh, we're gonna talk about what I call the leadership curriculum. I work in higher education, so I'm breaking this down to minor, uh, major minor concentration. So I hope that help you out conceptualize what we're gonna do here. And so we wanna jump right into management because a lot of people think because they've been elevated to a position that makes them a leader. How many people know that that's not true? Y'all ever work with somebody that got promoted because they've been there for a while and they may be good at the craft, but they don't know how to be a leader. And so there's a, there's a, a serious difference. So what I did is I listed just a couple of the definitions of management, right? And so the first Google population, I put the first Google population up here because obviously that's got to be the most accurate thing in the world, right? Because when people do their research, they go to Google. And so I put the first Google population, first thing pops up. A person responsible for controlling and um, administering of all parts of a company or a similar organization. And so then the next one is the business dictionary and the Webster. So I'm not going to read them all. But one of the key things, um, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, is, uh, is the difference between management and leadership. And so there's supposed to be a picture here. All right, so, so I know I got a lot of leaders in the room. So help me out with what's your definition of leadership? Interactive folks, what's your definition of leadership? I know I got some leaders Taking in the room. Charge. Taking charge, right? Uh, By any means possible. Delegating can fall under that. Influencer. I know you got something, so you're gonna say something. Influencer, right? Ms. Scott. First lead by example. Inspire, influence, lead by example, motivate. Manage you at some point. You know, you could be a leader and hire a manager to manage your people, right? A leader can just be the visionary. What else? What was that? Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable, absolutely. I stole some of my bullet points, but that's exactly right. So that's what most people think about when they think about leadership. And so here's some common definitions, right? First, Google population, because obviously that got to be right, because Google said it. It's the action of leading a group of people or an organization, right? And so that, that's easy enough to think about. I put the one from the army up here, right? Because I think the army produces, yeah. So the military produces leaders and drones, right? It's a little different. Sometimes it's hard 
for them to acclimate to the private sector, but Army Defiance Leadership is influencing people by providing purpose, direction, motivation while operating to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. So some of the stuff that y'all mentioned is in that definition. And then Bill Gates, I included him because he's Bill Gates. Uh, as we look ahead into the next century, leaders will be those who empower others. And I think we said some of that influence uh, was one of the adjectives that was used. So those are common definitions. So I love this. So this is the, the quote I live by from Jim Rohn. You like that? And so Jim Rohn is one of the Uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah, so it's Tony Robbins' mentor. And so he says, and this is good, I think this is all encompassing, the challenge of leadership is to be strong but not rude, be kind but not weak, be bold but not a bully, be thoughtful but not lazy, be humble but not timid, be proud but not arrogant, have humor um, but without folly. And that's a lot. And so when I talk to people, they're, they're like, how do I put all that together to it still be a, um, be unique to myself, right? Still be genuine. And so I think that's one of the best definitions. All right, so I talked about management, talked about leadership, and so here's the differences. Managers work with the tangibles, they work with the stuff, right? Managers work with stuff. Leaders work with the intangibles, sociology, psychology, all those things that you don't necessarily see. And so leadership, where it can be looked at, did you need to take a picture of that? Leadership, where it can be looked at, in some instances as science, is just as much an art. Right? And going back to that Jim Rohn definition, like it's hard to deal, how many people know it's difficult to deal with people? We all in the people business, right? It's the best thing about business, it's the worst thing about business. Can I, yeah. can I, can I share? Please. Can I tell people I love real estate, but I hate real estate. And part of it is the different variables by being controlled. Can't control. We know we're dealing with a similar situation now. Exactly. And, and Chandel's my real estate agent, and so, you know, leadership, we, we had a disappointment. Leadership is dealing with the disappointment. In fact, let me tell a quick story about um, leadership. I'm gonna use a football analogy, is that all right? So, so leadership is like, you're a quarterback, you call a play in the huddle, you get under center to, call, to, to run the play, right? So what the quarterback does as a leader, they have to adjust and change based on what they see when they get to the line of scrimmage, right? So the, the play called in the huddle is designed to go a, a certain place for a certain purpose, right? You, you run out, you head to the post, I'm gonna throw it to you, you get a first down, right? But if you step to the line and something changes, then you have to call an audible out, right? And so that's what leadership is like. When you, when you enter into a situation, you have an ideal of how you think it's supposed to go, but if it changes, if the, if the external environment changes, you gotta be willing, able to adjust to that environment, right? And so you step up, and things don't look like they're supposed to look, there should always be a contingency plan in place anyway, right? So in the, and using that football analogy, you step to the line, you, you take a look at what you have in terms of the defense, and if the play isn't gonna work, there's always a contingency plan. So the play is supposed to go to one place, but you already know that there's other receivers in place to make that play go. And so you have to be um, focused on the outcomes, right? Outcome focused leadership. And so those are some of the difference. Thanks for sharing that. So what I'm gonna do real quick, I know they turned down the lights. Who, do y'all have pens? Y'all business people got pens, I know. All right. Yeah, you gonna need a pen for this one though. So what I'm gonna do, cause it's, um, it's gonna require some, right? I, I brought a couple. Yeah, I'm up at yeah. Actually, pass both of these out. Let me use one. I need one for. Yeah, just so I can read off. Uh, yeah, you can take this one too. All right, so real quick, I know they cut the lights on us, and y'all been eating. And I don't want y'all to catch the itis. Um, yeah, yeah, not yet, not nah. Yeah, we might need them back on for this. I need it for this. Yeah, just real quick. 
Yeah. All right. And and so there's two. And if I can get y'all to pass those around. So Shandell's coming with one, and we're passing another one around. Y'all pass that down real quick. Is anybody that doesn't have a pen? Anybody that doesn't have a pen? You know See, I come prepared, man. I try. Yeah, bro. Oh, there you go. You said it, not me. All right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, that helped. That was good. So real quick, um, when you're a leader, obviously you have a team. And so what I wanted to do is, I want to always like to make sure people get an opportunity to leave with something in their hand um, when they come in one of my presentations. And so there should be two. There should be two. One will say step one on the front of it, one will say step four, so there should be two. One will say step one. And so when everybody gets there, everybody have a pen? So once we finally get this handed out, this show will take about five minutes. Thank you, Clarence. Thank you, Shandell. Thank you for all the leaders in the room. So does everybody have two? There you go. Second sheet. I think Shandell might have that in their hand. Yeah, so it, it should be steps. One, two, three. And so one has four. One starts with four. One starts with one. You need one? No, you'll get this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure you get one. Um, so basically, what it's a work play, uh, work preference inventory, and so this is good because as leaders, we have to build teams. We need to know what type of leader we are. We need to know how what type of followers our our um, team members are, and so this is going to help with that just a little bit. There's a lot of inventories and things you can do to help assess your leadership style. I'm gonna leave you all with a good one at the end of this as well. It's different, but it's more focused on um, leadership styles, documented leadership styles. All right, so what you're going to do with this, the one that says step one is you're gonna go through and for each line, it's gonna tell you to select either an A or B, a C or A based on what type of person you are, right? And so, uh, so if you look at one, what type of person are you? Are you a person that takes action or you coordinate activities? If you take action, you put A. If you coordinate activities, you put B. If you are a type of person for two that takes action, you would put a, if you're a type of person that gathers information, you put C. That make sense? Right? So for whatever, for lines 1 through 24, there's two options. Whichever one best fits you, go ahead and notate that into your choice. It's hard, huh? Yeah, but you got to do it fast. Don't think about it. Quick activity. If you're thinking about it too much, you're overthinking it. And so we'll do this really, really quick, three to five minutes. And then at the end, what will happen is we'll tally them up. In steps two and three. Once again, don't think about it too long. Read on. Hey. Chandel is done. Anybody else still working? <coughs> Got people still working? All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit while y'all are working. It's not gonna change your results, trust me. All right, so um, for those that are finished and those that can already look and tell me, um, now the second sheet, right? So the second sheet on step four, that's gonna tell you what your work preference style is like and um, what you're like to work with, right? And so was anybody surprised? Oh, one surprised person, yeah? 
Wow. Well balanced. All things to all people. All right, so you scored. So for three of them, you scored exactly the same. So how many, how many are focusers, self-starters? Show of hands. Okay. All these entrepreneurs in the room, all y'all should pop up. That's interesting, right? Um, relators. Okay. Yeah, so, so your, your double, yours was a tie? A relator? Integrator. Finisher. That's right. Finisher. She finished that military career. Congratulations. Um, operator. Are you all those things? Any other operators? Oh, back in the back, because you tied. You're seeing the D? Okay. So was anybody, so you were the only one person that was surprised? Yeah. Yeah? All right, so, so let me get a raise, show of hands so I can see who I want to work with. Uh, if you are a focuser, raise your hand one more time so I can check you out. My focus people. Okay. Yeah. And if you got multiples, just raise your hand one more time. If you're a relator, raise your hand. Y'all should be looking around, too, to figure out who y'all, the type of people y'all got. <laughs> yeah. Um, so integrators, finishers, good, good, good. She's on my committee. Yeah, okay, I know, okay, she's on my committee. She's my realtor, okay, she's gonna be on my committee, my business partner, um, and then operator. Yeah, you gotta have some detail, detail-oriented people, right? Which one of y'all think Blair is, by the way? Dictator. is not on the page, but we'll go with that. Yeah, so, and, and so check this out. What I would advise you all to do is, so what I do with my, my employees, I do a strategic planning meeting every year. So if you have employees or people that you work with, if you all do like a retreat or anything, it's good to do this because they may not know, but you may feel like you know. But when it's on paper, you can figure them out. I did this with my team and it was, I mean, I was pretty spot on, but I had somebody in each, each one of these, which was really cool because then I know how to place them on my team, right? And so back to that football analogy, you can have people in the right position. Right, for, in order for them to flourish. And as a leader, it's your job to build other leaders. All right, so if you need this, let me know. I got a couple of copies, but I would suggest you do this with your team, do this with your spouse, anybody that you're in a joint situation with, this is good to know. And it's simple, they won't be offended. I've done something like that in my marriage enrichment as well. And so it's good. And so um, this, <laughs> there you go, Blair, delegate. Do you prefer to tell your employees what to do? Do you prefer to delegate? You gotta delegate it something, right? You can't do it all. You gotta trust your employees. Do you um, need buy-in from your employees? How many people need buy-in? I need buy-in because I'm vision casting, right? So a lot of my leadership comes from, I mean, a volunteer army, right? They're not getting paid. They're just following my vision and their passion. And so I need them to buy-in on a certain level. Uh, do you prefer to share in the decision-making? How many have like a diplomacy-type leadership style, right? Because you may not have all the answers. And if you think you have all the answers, that could be your Achilles heel in leadership, right? And so um, I asked that question. You all can, don't have to answer it out loud, but the good news, whatever style you prefer, you had the best style sometimes. And back to that, back to that football analogy, right? Sometimes it's going to be the run. Sometimes it's going to be pass. Sometimes it's going to be the tight end. Sometimes it's going to be the receiver. Sometimes it's going to be Shandell's person in front of my projector. That's all right. All right, and so uh, leaders have are effective communicators. I almost left this out, and I was like, yo, I cannot leave communication out, because this, this is a key thing in leadership. If you can't communicate a vision, if you can't communicate a task, and the task gets done wrong, it's your fault, right? So you need to be able to be an effective communicator. Now, 
Now, communication is broken down. It's 7% the language you use. It's 38% um, voice and tone, right? And it's 55% body language. Isn't that crazy? 7% language. Like, the words you use is 7%. How you say them, voice and tone is 38%, but 55% is body language. So check out the body language. I pulled a couple of leaders. Um, I, now, I got Hitler up here, but I, I got him up here for a reason. Because leadership, you have to be a great communicator. And what he did, he communicated propaganda well, right? And so you don't got to be a good leader in the, in the sense like you're a worthy cause. You just got to be a good leader, bad or good cause, right? And so Hitler's up there. And okay, you got Martin Luther King, you got Malcolm X. Same error, by any means possible, nonviolence, right? Two different messages, same error, two big followings. So that's huge. But check out their body language. You know, I had to put Barack. My president, I had to put my president up there. Because we want to talk about bad leadership, I could have put another picture up there. But, but check out their body language. Look at Martin Luther King. Check out his body language, welcoming, right? Check out Malcolm X, powerful, right? Demanding. Look at Hitler, confident. And look, and look, at, and look at Barack, thoughtful. So yeah, but he's thoughtful. Look, check this out, this is, this is thoughtful, right? And so different leadership styles, but communication is paramount. And, and that's just, that, I felt that was a, those examples were really good to kind of articulate that and the body language. So if y'all want to write those numbers down, 70% language, excuse me, 7% language, you have 38% uh, voice and delivery, and then you have 55% that's the body language. And you can see how that makes a difference. 55%. And the thing is, they're intentional about it, right? They, they just not, they, it may be happen, maybe in their subconscious they're doing it too, but a lot of times they're intentional about their body movements because they want to be confident, confident in the delivery. You know, there's a lot of stats and quotes out there about different things you can do to, uh, to show power, power poses, right? There's things you can do psychologically like look at people's left eye when you're trying to negotiate. There's all these different things out there. Um, true, but they work. And so every little thing is a, a competitive advantage for you. And so when, they, when they're doing stuff like this, it's not just by happenstance, like they're doing it for a reason. It's more than just that's how they, their movements, they, they're training themselves to move like that because they want to have a particular, they want to be viewed a particular way. All right, so now we're going to go into my leadership major minor concentration example, right? So once again, still in from college, I'm going to start with the concentration. And the whole reason I chose that is because leadership is interdisciplinary, like it goes from the military, it goes from the nonprofit. You have to tweak it a little bit, right? Um, but you need to at least have some consistent foundation, right? And so I'm gonna start with the concentration because when you think, of higher, when you think about higher education education, you have your major, and the major is a concentration. So everybody can be in the same major, but everybody won't have the same concentration. And the concentration is what makes you unique, right? And so I'm gonna focus on the concentration first, and then we talk about the minor. The minor is important, not as important, but the minor could turn around and be the major at some point. Anybody had to happen and went to college? Your minor becomes your major, right? And so um, I try to play all that into here, but concentration. So I put the eye because that represented concentration to me. Now this is going to be the deep stuff. So this is going to be the most technical. Can y'all read that? Not that y'all need to. We know you love jazz music. So let's try some jazz music with a little R&B flavor. some jazz music with a little trap flavor. Jazz and Caribbean. 
we mix it up. So, online, look for Grandpa Crunk and enjoy the great jazz music. Grandpa Crunk. Jazz music. There you go. All right. So, this is Hershey and Blanche's uh, Situational Leadership Theory. Okay? So, this is where it's going to get technical. So, y'all bear with me on this one. This is one going to make you lean forward a little bit. Um, so, situational leadership model, which suggests that there is no single optimal leadership style, and the successful leaders adjust their styles based on follow maturity. Amen? Y'all can say amen. All right? Um, so, follow maturity is determined by the ability and the confidence of the group they are attempting to lead. The model possesses the leaderships, the leaders deal with the varying levels of followers' maturity by adjusting their relative emphasis on tasks and relationship behaviors according to the model. This gives rise to four leadership styles. Okay, so I read all that. I'm, I'm gonna say this, to break this down. All this means is, and see, I do this naturally now, so I'm gonna show y'all a couple of graphs and stuff. Don't get overwhelmed by it, it's really simple. But it's good to be able to go out and have a leadership style that you know is documented. Anybody ever like read a book? And in the book, you read something that you already do naturally? And so this is what it was like for me. Like, I did it naturally, but then I, I found that there was a true theory behind it. I studied the theory, I'm like, okay, I understand. So when you pick up these theories, no matter how technical or non-technical they are, if you can apply them naturally and build them to your natural DNA and way of doing things, that's gonna be uh, probably the most conducive leadership style for you. <clears throat> so the model is statistical leadership varies according to the circumstances and maturity of the leader and the knowledge and skills of the person being led. All right, so I'm gonna go through a couple of these. So this is the premise, um, the task behavior relationship, right? And so you're gonna assign a task, Blair. It's gonna, <laughs> Blair's gonna dictate a task to you based on her relationship with you, right? And what she knows or she feels that you're able to do and accomplish. Maturity levels, how ready are you to do that thing and represent the company, me or whomever. And then competence, like I can't ask you to, that's why I kept going back to um, the operator, the detail person, because I can't ask somebody to, that's not detailed to do something that's detailed because you're gonna mess up my money, right? All right, so, and so there's competence there. So that's the premise. All right, and so I know this is a little blurry too, but no need to, to capture all this to memory. I'm going to go back through each one of them. I just wanted you to see them on one page together. So it's task, relationship behavior, it's readiness, and it's competence. So there's going to be some graphs that are going to show where you had the maturity. Uh, I guess I'll start here. So you got S1, right? S2, S3, S4. So it gets better as it goes down, right? So for example, um, in fact, I won't do this on the screen because I'm going to approach all of the individual. But I just want you all to see what they all look like together. So there'll be a couple of visual uh, visual slides with a show you, show y'all what this looks like on a graph. Right, so here's the S1 telling and directing. So if you have somebody that's on S1 level, you're literally telling them what to do. They're kind of high maintenance. And that could be okay. You got a new person coming in, they're 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 ready to work, but they're just they're just young and they're green. That's fine. You're gonna tell tell them and you're directing them on exactly what to do. You got selling and coaching, that's a little bit more of a mature person that you have working with you and you feel a little bit more comfortable so you're going to sell them on the idea and let them take it and do what it would as do with it as they will and then coaching um, then participating and supporting this is really you're giving it over to them and you have set milestones so you can come back to them to see how they're doing but your your hands off and then ultimately you want to have a team that delegates uh, you can delegate to and you just observe what they do and you feel comfortable with them bringing whatever they're going to bring in terms of a final product to the table and so these are Perry leadership styles they're not big leadership styles, but they're small leadership styles, right? So they're like micro leadership styles. And so here's the graphic. 
right, so this is the. Just so. Sure, yeah, yeah, please. Ask any questions, we go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, please feel free to ask any questions as we go. So, to Blair's point, yeah, you will probably have all these people cycling through your business network household. Like my, my son, is, I got a two-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old son, and a 20-year-old son. They all over the place, right? I probably can tell my daughter, my two-year-old to do stuff my 20-year-old can't do, but they all over the place, right? And so, so here, S1, and check out the bell curve, right? We're all familiar with the bell curve. You get to the middle of the bell curve, you're in good shape. You get on the other side of it, you're doing really good. And so the S1 down here, this is the, I'm probably blocking somebody, but the S1 is that one, you know, low readiness, high task, um, low relationship. So that's your new person. That's your new real estate agent. That's your new admin. That's your new whomever. Nothing against them, but they're new to whatever. And they need to be trained up so you can take them up to S2, right? And now you're selling them on the idea. And they have enough experience to add some insight. Ultimately, you want to get them on this side of the quadrant, right, S3, where you're just participating. And then ultimately, S4 hands off, right? So for those of you in Black Brand and actually came to our, our strategic planning meeting, that's where we're supposed to be right now as an organization, like S4. And everybody should be doing their own thing in their, in their respective groups. And so if you notice, the readiness is below. So as the person is going through the top part, right, the relationship, that's the S1, S2, S3, S4, as they're going up the bell curve, hopefully, then you're taking out the readiness, right? And so now, if they're S1, R1, they're low experience, low relation, and low readiness. Then go to S2, R2, now they're more of a moderate readiness, and you, you trust them a little bit more. So now the conversations are more like selling them on idea instead of telling them. And so once again, like I said, this is a little complex of a theory and learn leadership style, but I want to make sure I can give it to y'all. And so here's the, um, the readiness. So basic incompetence or will, unwillingness to do a task, uh, inability to do a task, but not willing to do a task, competent to do a task, but don't think, you, uh, but don't think they can, and then uh, R4, ready, willing, and able. That's what you want. Somebody's ready, willing, and able to do it. And so right back to the graphic. That just tells what those folks are. So that's the able and willing and confident. Able but not unwilling. And so if you got somebody that's able and not unwilling, you also probably got a problem in your organization, right? Yeah, I'm going backwards. All right, like I said, this is a little of the deep stuff, so I promise after this it gets a little lighter. And so um, here you have people that have low competence, low commitment. So if you got low competence and low commitment, that's a double no, right? That means you don't know anything and you, you ain't even on board with the mission. <laughs> Low competence and high commitment. Now you got people that I want to do everything I want to do, I want to do it, I want to do it, but you can't really do it. You ain't got the skill set yet. And now you as a leader, you got to figure out how you tell them, like, calm down a little bit. We'll put you in position when it's your time, right? Uh-oh, somebody called the name? Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, so you, can, you start identifying employees. What'd you say, Blair? Is that me? No, it's not. No, I was thinking about when we Yeah, yeah. You get that a lot. And how you deal with that person, right? Because they're, they can't do it. And it's especially difficult when they don't know that they have low competence. So now you want to keep them a part of the team. Doing something that they're not 
Yeah, and you, you have that happen a lot when you're, you're doing um, volunteer endeavors where they don't work for you. And so that's more difficult because you need the help. You need the willing hands, but they can't operate in that particular function because it's not going to move, advance the ball for the opportunity, right? They're cheerleaders. You need those. But they want to be involved. Anybody got cheerleaders on their team where they just, they are, yeah, yeah. And so then you got, you got your high competence uh, and low, uh, low commitment, low variable commitment. And so now you got people that are really sharp again, but they're just not on board. And of course, like I said, going down to the four is the, per the people that you really want. High competence, high commitment. So they, sh yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's talk about that. Um, because I got a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And so this is just a different graph because this is actually showing the development, right? And so this is your, okay, so I'll tell you, the latter part of the presentation kind of touches on that, but let's have a discussion about it. So when you have, what's the lady you called out? Julia. 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 Say her name one more time so everybody knows who she is. <laughs> All right, so we got Julia. <laughs> First name. Yeah, yeah. What's she? She my cousin though. All right, so, so you got Julia, right? Yes. And so how do you move Julia? So what's her situation? What's her? Her situation is she got, she got hired on under false pretenses because she sold herself as being this competent individual, high aptitude and so on and so forth. I hired her outside of my, of the scope of the field of my industry. So kind of came in as an admin sort of uh, position but I needed her to grasp the industry, learn the language of my industry. Just as she went into her medical field, you got to learn what the terminology is. She has to grasp that in my industry, and it becomes very frustrating because uh, I need her to be at a certain level. She's been in my employee for about a year and a half, and sometimes I feel like you're just not grasping it. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, that's really what I frustrating. Oh, yeah, it, it's a lot of self teaching that's involved in my uh, in my business because I'm not often there to hold her by the hand. It's things that I hope that she would adapt for, you know, become become impressed to or whatever things. So what have you how much you been working with? Yeah, yeah. So work with you for you and Yes. And so what have you been doing to try to get her um Right. Like, here's where you are, here's where you need to be. Right. And so I would ask 
can be set to stage. Here's where you are, and here's where you need to be. So that there's actually not a benchmark for it saying, okay, we can't get where we need to be, and this is not where you need to be. Somebody, right? Hold somebody, 
Yeah. And, and so when you have to work with to get it to that point where you're comfortable and she's comfortable, is you got certain pros that she has right. that you're not gonna find everywhere. Else. Exactly, and that's something I didn't make question about time, but the pros are that she's committed. She comes uh, on a regular basis, mostly on time. She takes the bus every day to and from the job. Yeah. But she just doesn't seem to be competent. She's playing. That's my one. S1, R1, she's everything one. <laughs> but, but, but sometimes, like, I mean, I know, I know Lamika has something to say in Seiko too, but, and so, I mean, now I look at, so I'm hiring somebody now, and I would, in my particular role, I can lean less to their skill set and look more at, can I trust them? Are they reliable? Because I can train, but you may not have time to train it. And so the expectation, you need to set some type of expectation and follow up with that expectation. And so what were you going to add anything to say, Coach? Your very last comment, I'm the bottom line type person. She's not a sensitive bottom line, but it's not a defect. Sometimes she has to participate in the ministry and let someone else do things more fine. And really try to hold it from back that she's not knowing. the rest of the parts so I'm glad Blair brought this up because I mean if you don't add if you don't add real context to this it just looks like grass on them hey so let's walk through it and so I'm glad you went through this because yeah it's gonna grow you as a leader oh okay Yeah, 
Edward, right. from the couch of Lady Mary, is sick in the hospital. He's sick in the hospital a lot because of the stress from it, from the, the currents got all this pressure on them. like with her like have you, so what you're relating to us have you had that appropriate conversation with her you know what it started off as professional now i feel like i'm getting to a place where the conversation is always at an angry place i'm always in an angry space when i'm getting ready to talk to her and i'm talking to her because then she sort of allowed me to do it too so i sometimes my language has been strong with her uh, it's not a point where I'm like, cussing her out, but I then made you point to that I made some profanity and in the conversation, not saying that that's good, um, but I feel that it somehow that gets through to her. So hold on, hold on. Let me let me go in order real quick. So I want let me hit Seiko, uh, you, and then it be real quick. So let's go Seiko real quick. Skip Seiko. So I'm just like he's an Money, worry, all of these things are happening. I feel like, and I 
education being made up with that gap that would be more advantageous to bring somebody in to say, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. That's what the consultant was to do because they do more specifics of those tasks, those duties that were necessary for her to succeed. Me as the trucker, I mostly know the labor portion of it. Not so much of the admin. That's why I want somebody who was had that as their specialty, they knew it and they put together a, a SOP. So they can start, and that has been created already. So that she can go through those different tasks. So now you just gotta work through it. Okay, so let me get this last feedback so we can transition because I think there'll be more time for conversation. And Blair, just let me know what our time looks like. Yeah, yeah. No, no, well, let me just plug too. You know that the Black Chamber of Commerce, Black Brand, does have a mastermind group, which a couple people in here on. So if you know anybody that is having problems like that, they need to get their business under control, started, revamped, um, funded, you know, let us know for a nominal fee. We'll help take care of them. So, Shandell. Fish can't get a what? She is my Michael. Can you hear me still? Yeah. So she sold you a bad bill of goods, man. But you know you can't teach a what they say you can't teach a a fish to climb a tree. You can't teach a squirrel to to, to swim. So yeah. So we're gonna move along real quick, folks. So um to the major. So leadership major. Um I say I love my major because. This is what I do most of the time. And so it's a combination of motivational and visionary leadership um, with the situational leadership as the concentration. So motivational leadership uh, refers to someone leading others by motivating them to strive for certain goals rather than simply acting on orders. Right? So motivation. And then visionary, right? So black, black brand has, I feel like, has encompassed this visionary leadership style, along with others. Um, so an inspiring envision and helps others to see how they can contribute to this vision, allowing the leaders to, uh, and followers to move together towards shared view of the future. Yes, all right? It's better than dictator. Dictators don't work. If, you, if you're a dictator, you know, you never know, you can't trust your people, right? You always, you should always be on edge because you can't trust your people. If, you're always on edge? Yeah, I think you need, yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> All right, so here, here's the 12 steps of motivational visionary leadership. This is not me alone. This is Mr. Pickett. This is a lot of research we've done with some of the leaders that we know 
um, and have studied, right? And so the 12 leadership, uh, 12 rules of motivation leadership, knowledge, and some of, we mentioned them earlier when we asked about, you know, what, what's leadership. And some of y'all threw out some of these adjectives. So knowledgeable, confident, consistent, approachable, accessible, uh, empathetic, lead by example, be persuasive, uh, include your team, praise your team, take responsibility, and surround yourself with great people, right? And so I gotta get this right in terms of my direction. What's up? I can't, yeah, I can't. Um, and so, okay, here's my disclaimer. And this is, depending on how you look at it, it's a disclaimer or it's a bonus, right? So take inventory of your people. Do a SWOT analysis of your people. Strength, weaknesses, opportunity, threats of each person and their impact on the organization, right? And so this is my disclaimer as we go into this. Um, think two levels up, one level down. Two levels up, one level down. Because sometimes, you know, you get to a place where you, and so I appreciate this about you. You're trying to think about her, but two levels up, one level down. That kept, keeps you humble, keeps you grounded. Um, intellect, oh, I love this. Intellect over emotion, but instinct is larger than intellect. Y'all get that? Wow. Instinct over emotion. Excuse me, intellect over emotion. So don't get so emotional in it where you can't use your intelligence, but instinct is larger than intellect. Because your instinct, you can't, like, Intellect comes from those things you know, you read that's in your mind. You, instinct is already in you. I like to call it discernment, right? And so those are my disclaimers as we move forward to talk about um, the rest of this. All right, so knowledgeable. Somebody said that. And it's easy. Why, why do you need to be knowledgeable? Because, yeah, I mean, knowledge is power, right? And exercise, you know, exercise of knowledge is wisdom. But, uh-oh, wrong way. So, but if you're gonna be a leader, they expect you to know what you're talking about. At least know what you know, right? At least know what you're supposed to know or those things you don't know. You hire people, get people around you that know that stuff. And so, if you're gonna be a leader and you're not knowledgeable about your industry or what you're supposed to be doing, then that's, gonna, that's a chink in your armor. And as a leader, you really don't want chinks in your armor unless you intentionally want them to see a chink in your armor, right? If you're trying to be relatable. And so you wanna make sure you're knowledgeable. Right, and then confident. Right? I'm all, that's all I want to say. I'm, all, I'm always going to present confidently, even if I don't know what I'm talking about. Right? Because I'm smart enough to have a, a rational conversation, right? And so confidence goes a long way. If they see you, if they see that you're not confident, then they're not going to feel confident. And they can't look. So even when you're not confident, subconscious, you need to present in a confident way. Even when you don't know, you still need to be confident because your people are looking at you. Right? And so you should always be confident. Anybody agree with that? Everybody, anybody not been confident about something, but you still stood, stand and delivered, or showed up, right? Blair's like every time, all the time. That's huge. And then consistent. And so has anybody ever had a, uh, a boss that one day they come in, they're like, hey, good morning. And the next day they don't even look at you. Give that little smile, right? Yeah, and so consistency is key too because they want to know what to expect from you. All right, they gotta know what to expect from you. So that's why if you have, if, when you're developing leadership style, you need to know what it is so you, at least you can be consistent in that. Be a consistent person because people trust consistency. All right, and then be approachable. Can anybody tell me why being approachable is important? From their perspective. I can easily tell you. For, for me, being approachable is important because I want my, whoever I'm working with, I want them to be able to come to me to tell me what's really good or what's really bad. Because if you're not approachable, they won't come to you. You ever met somebody that you're like, oh, I can't even, I can't, yeah, I can't even go shake their hand 
right? Because they're not approachable, but you could have some information that could take their business, their life to the next level or their health or whatever. And so if you're not approachable, you miss opportunities to get information so that you can forward whatever endeavor you're, you're a part of. So being approachable is important. And plus it's like, anybody read How to Win Friends and Influence People? I mean, it makes sense, you be approachable. If you're in sales, you wanna be approachable. You smile when they ain't nothing funny, right? Because you want, yeah, because it's welcoming, right? So being approachable is important. Talked about consistency. All right, we are all in sales. Anybody not in sales? You're not in sales? Is that your wife? You're in sales. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Okay, touche, touche. But you, so, okay, so you're always, okay, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. You're always branding yourself because you're always making a presentation of yourself. And so whenever you open your mouth, you're selling yourself regardless of you want to or not. Because somebody's always making a snap judgment, right? You walk in, they're going to look at you. You open your mouth, that's the second judgment. Then what comes out of your mouth thereafter is another judgment shot, right? And so we all talk about first impressions. You don't get another opportunity to do a first impression, right? Or rarely do they come, so it's important that you know, your first impressions are good. And so you are selling yourself. And then accessible, so not only do you have to be approachable, but you have to be accessible. So approachable is, I can, I can walk up to them and say hello, but accessible is like, I need to talk to you. And I put that up there purposely because I have an open door policy. Like if one of my employees come to my office and knock on my door, depending on what I'm doing, I literally stop. And I turn around and give them my full attention because they appreciate that, right? It helps keep them loyal and not listen to what they want to say because I want to be accessible. Going back to the example, like I want to hear what you have to say because what you have to say could change things for the organization, good or bad. I don't know what you heard through the grapevine. Maybe I need to hear it because it may affect some decisions I have to make, right? So you want to be accessible. So not only approachable, but accessible because if they can't get to you, then what's approachable mean? I can shake your hand? Uh, and be empathetic. Yeah, so this is big. Like, I'll tell y'all an example. I had an employee. Anybody have dogs? A dog lover? Got dogs? Okay, so I don't have any dogs. I got kids. It's kind of the same thing. So, um, my, one of my employees' dog was having seizures, right? But see, I don't have dogs, so it doesn't relate to me. Like, you got insurance for the dog? I'm thinking about all this stuff, right? <laughs> And so now, and so that happened, and you know, she stays up all night looking at the, waiting to see and make sure that nothing happened with the dog. I think she dog may have epilepsy. Then the 4th of July comes, and so the fireworks. So, scares the dog, the dog has seizures. So in my mind, so I had to get outside of my own mind. I'm like, you serious? Right now? You gonna miss another day at work? <laughs> right? But I had to get out of mind, because I, I didn't know any of that, so I had to step back, be empathetic, although I, I haven't experienced that and don't know anything about that. So that's an example of empathy. Right, like you, sympathy is like, oh, I've been through it and I want to understand what you're going through. Empathy is like, I haven't been through it, but I, and I don't understand it, but I understand that you're feeling a certain way. So you need to understand that their emotions are their emotions. And you need to help be there for them when they're going through that, because when they get back in a good state, you should help them with that. They'll be even a better employee, friend, lover, whatever the case may be. Right, and so lead by example. So um, Mr. Pickett said that. I think all of us do that. He does that really well. And so you got to be your, your best employee and your worst boss, right, when you're entrepreneurship. you both ends of the continuum, so you got to lead by example. That confidence that they're always watching you to see what you're going to do. And so you can't say go. You got to say let's go. And so you got to be able to do whatever they're going to do, right? So I remember I, work, I forget where I was working, but I was in management. I had to clean the bathrooms. 
right? To show them that I'll clean the bathrooms too. So that's a small example, but you want to show them that I do it, you do it, I work hard, you work hard. That's the culture I'm setting, right? And then be persuasive. Um, not Hitler persuasive, <laughs> Martin Luther King persuasive, right? Uh, so you want to inspire them. So you want to persuade them to do those things that are positive. So you do have to convince them. And sometimes I know some people said that they want to share in the decision making to a certain extent with their followers. And so being persuasive in that is helpful because I have to communicate and persuade and inspire whoever I'm working with to move in the same direction as me. Right? Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. <laughs>